Georgia Dow is a therapist, but she's not your therapist. This show should not substitute a personal consultation with a professional. What class did you play? I'm very curious as to the answer to this question. I, I think this will tell us a lot about a lot about the real Georgia Dow. <laughs> I was a I was a dark I was a dark elf. A dark, but like what? That's that's a race, Georgia. What what class? Uh, rogue. You are oh, okay. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. A rogue. A rogue. Yes. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I know the rogue cards from Hearthstone. They're all mm-hmm. backstab and sinister strike and eviscerate. Yeah, that that sounds about right. That's me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Me, uh, you'd use your psychology for evil. Well, no, because I was a dark elf, so I used it for good, just to mess with people. Wait, 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 wait! You, you were Whoa. a dark elf. That's like some double wait. reverse psychology there. <laughs> yes. I, did you root for Cobra Kai and the Karate Kid? I was kid? a rogue that would put things back into people's pockets. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What do you achieve by doing that? Humor. It's just for fun. Oh, this explains so much. I, I I feel like this is actually the quintessential Georgia Dow. I've like, actually never felt more lost. <laughs> <laughs> so this is why Bree is hiding in the wilds of central Canada. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, Bree is off in Canada and and has actually sent us a, a number of iMessages extolling the virtues of canada so we she may not come back from canada when she's done she may just may you know never build see a tent. Her again <laughs> she'll just build a tent and learn how to play hockey and and you know that'll be it i don't know but That's remember the episode know. where georgia invited us to go hang out at her brother's uh creepy murder mansion yeah i think brie might have taken <laughs> georgia up on that offer and i don't think we're ever going to see brie again okay did you see the pictures though my brother's place is super cool yeah yeah it to is be super fair cool you yeah. have to say my brother's place is super cool pinball machines in the downstairs train sets uh he now has his game of thrones wall of faces what yeah i don't don't think i've seen that now no i don't think that i tweeted it out yet i'll send it i will tweet it out oh you got a social media strategy going over there um i think that i just forgot give the fans (laughs) what they want give the fans what they want or so the canadians (laughs) would have us believe i will (laughs) i will send it to you guys his wall his his face wall here we go. It's all just Georgias looking at you. <laughs> They're all Georgias. So this is this is it. There we go. It should be there now. The, that's his wall of faces. <gasps> Holy crap. Oh. That looks like something out of the Haunted Mansion at Disney World. Oh, no. This is, <laughs> oh, no. This is, is not a... No. Oh, oh no. Uh, I don't like that. Do you watch Game of Thrones, Micah? <laughs> no, not yeah. enough fantasy. Yeah, neither, neither oh, do what? I. So what? You don't? Uh-uh. 
Oh my Look, goodness. Look, okay, so I actually, I just, I just had this conversation. Um, uh, I, I subbed in for Brie on Rocket, um, and somehow we got onto the topic of of Game of Thrones, and it's just there's not enough. Like, I don't know. I really like magic and and dragons, and and I know there are dragons, uh, but I like there like are dragons. Uh, I, I like it whenever the magic kind of takes it, it, like whenever it's super fantasy this is more like house of cards set in that period of like dungeons and castles and it's got like you know touches of magic here and touches of fantasy there but like the the main focus is on the political you know happenings and also kind of the the relationships among these different groups as they all try to win the battle the the game of thrones <laughs> and that's just not not personally what interests me so i yeah. don't i don't really watch the show uh, and now out. I will never watch out. the show because this wall of faces is terrifying. Yeah, this is pretty, pretty <laughs> freaky. Isn't it great? It's great. That's, I mean, I guess just... if you like Game of Thrones, it's it's great. I'm with you, Micah. Well, I don't like it for the, you know, I, I just don't like shows where you basically have to pick among a collection of terrible <laughs> people and figure out who is the least terrible to root Not for. Not all of them are terrible. You, There's some great people. And even the terrible people have some beautiful qualities. What I love uh, about it is that they're all very gray and that the characters stay true to their psychology. So one thing that I hate and I hated this about, and I'm probably the only one that didn't like the new Captain America movie really a lot uh, because of this is that people that stay true to their psychology all the way through. And in this series, people are very gray and even some of the most horrible people will do some good things. And so there's always something intriguing about their story arc. And so I really enjoy that about game of Thrones that's you're not you're not going to sell me, but that's I mean that's that's a reasonable <laughs> defense of your enjoyment. I mean, obviously you we Micah and I are in the minority here, so <laughs> oh for sure. <laughs> so I, I you know obviously there's something that people find appealing about it. I watched like a couple of episodes. Maureen tried to get you me to watch like it. Like a good six, you need good six yeah. episodes because the first two oh. I didn't like the show either. Sorry, that that's just a lot of episodes to commit to. You know. Okay. It's like when when Destiny was big and people kept saying, well, you just need to play 20 hours and then, you know, then it starts <laughs> to get fun. And it's like, I, I I can't. I'm sorry. I can't do that. I can't put in 20 hours of grinding into something that I don't enjoy to get <laughs> to the fun part. for six. OK, everyone okay. can tweet out if, I if do, you guys okay, are OK, George, Georgia, I <laughs> am not looking for a Tootsie Roll pop of a of a television series how many weeks does it take to get to the center <laughs> see yeah i know that is a very 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 good way to put it like yeah if you know so you got your tootsie roll pop here and the whole idea <laughs> is that the best the best part apparently is that weird off brown like glob in the middle of chocolate adjacent substance and so you're working very hard to get to said chocolate adjacent substance. And then it's uh, not even that great, really. Versus like, I don't know, a delicious Disneyland lollipop where it's just good all the way through. And so why wouldn't I want to just, for me, you know, have the thing that immediately piques my interest rather than like having to commit to something and then I might not end up liking it in the end. Uh, that said, like yeah. a lot of people love this show. And and so I know, you know, I, I don't, I don't diss anyone else for not liking yeah. it. Although I'm sure lots of people diss me for not liking it. Um, Which is okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, this is like, I mean, it's like the whole sports thing that we talked about a couple weeks ago, too. It's like, you know, on, a, on any given Sunday night when Twitter turns into Game of Thrones or Walking Dead or, you know, or whatever else. I mean, those are the two main ones that get tweeted a ton that if you're not participating in it, it can seem overwhelming. Like you can feel really left out when you're not following those things feel you it's very easy to get resentful when you're not participating in something like that and just and then to start you know looking at it like you know those people are are stupid for liking that thing and i I don't feel that way because first of all it would probably get me divorced but second of all (laughs) but but i mean i appreciate that this is something that appeals to a lot of people for reasons that i somewhat do understand and somewhat don't understand and that's okay you know what I mean? Yeah, which is okay. I, I think that, like, I tried, like, there's some shows that are very acclaimed and I've tried to get into because everyone says how great they are, like The Wire, yeah. which is one of the top three rated best shows ever. I've, I actually tried, I, I saw an entire season of The Wire and started the second season yeah. and I still could not get into The Wire, which is, mm-hmm. I tried. I really, really tried, but if there's no character that I actually, um, find an attachment to i cannot get into it yeah and that was it i was like okay i don't like any of these characters they all seem relatively depraved non-interesting and that was it and it's one of the top shows ever so i do understand that yeah or i mean even like things that i know i'm inclined to like but if it's that much effort that i i'm just not going to do it because i just don't have enough time to be able to devote to it like like you've you have you and guy have raved about arrow like a lot. I don't know about lately. I like some of Arrow. I don't like Arrow as a series. I like some episodes of Arrow. It's really Renee and Guy. Okay. Well, <laughs> I was, well I'm like, but I, I'm like I an remember outlier. it was you that got me to consider it, but then I don't know if it was you or Guy who said, well, yeah, the first season is terrible, but you kind of have to watch it to get to the second season that's good. <laughs> and it's, and, and I mean, like, I've seen enough of the crossovers with The Flash, which I do like, to know that I probably would like it if I watched it. But it's like, I'm not, I just don't have 20 hours in my schedule to sit through something that I know is objectively not good, even from the people who enjoy it, to get to right. the good part. Right. Like, it's just, there's, right. There's that. other things that I that I could be doing with that time. And, you know, when you have limited leisure time as a, an old person like me, you know, mm-hmm. then it's harder to to be able to just kind of sit down and binge watch. Cause I can't binge watch something like that, like and just like neglect the children for a day. Right. Like that's not going to happen either. So. OK, wait, wait. We have a pop quiz, a pop quiz. OK, OK, ready? Okay. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> How? That was a pop quiz sound. Beep, beep, beep. I like it. I can dig it. We could have done better, but we didn't. So this is the question. (laughs) Aim low and then you'll always do better. So since we asked the question before, I would like everyone to guess how many licks do you think it does take average to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll pop without a Tootsie Pop, sorry, without cheating, which means biting it. (laughs) Like the owl did in the oh, commercial. Are you calling Mr. One, owl a cheater? Two, How dare you, three. Georgia Dow? Yes, yes. I, I would say I would say two hundred and fifty. Uh, I'm gonna go with twelve hundred. That's a lot. Yeah, That's a lot. It'd be like it's exhausting. It would be well worth it. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Okay, okay, well, Steve, I don't know what's wrong with you. Okay. How dare you? <laughs> that was just a question. That was 
That was just a statement. Oh, that had nothing to do with my answer. That was just a general statement. I see how it so is. So this whole time, see, the the whole 100 shows, 101 shows of Isometric right. and now so many shows of this, it's just been Georgia secretly psychoanalyzing you and she just came to the conclusion that she can't figure out what's wrong with you. See, see, I realized that it was Brie who was keeping you polite to me and now Brie is, Brie is off in the wilds of Canada and now all of a sudden it's open season. I see how it is. I understand. Salty Steve. Salty Georgia Steve feels threatened because there's another correct, in her homeland. He's, he's correct. It takes, with unassisted machinery, so this is just people trying, volunteers, about 252 licks to get to Whoa! The Steve, that was so close. Yeah, I was actually like, you didn't, you didn't cheat. Wait, did you, did you say without assisted machinery? Like, is so there the like mechanic? they are- had... I- <laughs> Are there, like, mechanical tongue machines in some, like, (laughs) ridiculous, like, island of Dr. Moreau that are, like, in a basement somewhere, like, mechanically licking Tootsie Rolls? Yes. That's not even a joke. Should I Google search mechanical tongue machine? Please don't. You can. You will find. It won't be pretty. So there was a group of engineering students from Purdue who Ah! made a... Sorry. Whoa. The, oh. the goal of this show is to give no. Micah an equal fear of every possible human body part. Oh, God. What have I done? <laughs> Dear Internet, do not search mechanical tongue machine on Google. There's our, there's our title, by the way. That's it. We're done. I'm not. I think that we're good. I'm good. We're good. Salty <gasps> Steve was last time, but this oh, is my mechanical God. tongue machine. Um. Yeah, no, they that's... actually made a licking machine that um, <laughs> averaged actually 364 licks to get to the center, but 20 volunteers took the challenge unassisted by the machinery, and they actually averaged 252. So also we've learned that the human tongue is more effective than yeah. uh, modeled human tongue. I mean, because there's like, there's like, I don't know, saliva dispersion, <laughs> there's size of tongue, there's like <laughs> friction of tongue, you know, like taste bud friction. You got taste all these variables. Friction. That is a taste. Thing. That is the name of my next band, Taste Bud Friction. That's pretty good. Uh, I think thank I would you. listen to that. Can, yeah. can, we, can we take to that to something that was traumatic and, and deals with bands that I just went through? And <laughs> it's, it, it's slightly embarrassing but i figured i'm probably not the only one that's gone through it and if i am okay oh georgia did you <laughs> did you try to hop on stage and you just oh what are you kidding i were, were no, you disappointed no, disapp- don't I tell would- me you were disappointed by the new radiohead album because we might have to fight <laughs> <laughs> they'd have to throw me off the stage um okay so i i don't know bands or names of things it's just not my strength uh, as we have spoken to here, part of it is dyslexia. So I have like my word bins are all mélangés, as we say in French, um, mixed up. So I'm hearing this music and I'm rocking to the song and I love it. And I'm like, oh, this is a great song. And so I'm listening to the music and I'm like, oh, I don't know what this song is, but I want to get it. So I take out my phone and I Shazam the song. And I have it blaring in my car, and I'm singing along, and I dance in my car all the time. If you see someone dancing in their car, that's me. I'm doing all the little moves. I'm doing, like, you know, anyways, whatever. And then it it comes out to what the song is, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> it's a Justin Bieber. <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was, it was Love Yourself by Justin Bieber, and I mm. went, oh. Oh, Love Yourself. Let's see. Love Yourself. Oh God! I probably shouldn't do any more Google searching today. Yeah, that's yeah. God knows what kind of body parts you're gonna find. 
mechanical tongue machine and then love yourself. Yeah, that's <laughs> somebody's gonna come home. So caught up in my job, didn't see what's going on. <laughs> Do you like it? Oh, yeah. You should go and love yourself. It's not terrible. It's, you know, I probably don't feel like it's terrible because I haven't heard it a hundred thousand times. Like, I don't listen to the radio. Well, well, because, you know, my kids listen to <laughs> listen to the radio and they just hear the same like six songs over and over again. And it's just right? like, can we please just listen to anything else like ever? Like, I don't know what it is about me. Maybe you can psychoanalyze me and tell me why my brain is broken as usual. But it's like if I, I am I'm OK with like songs that are poppy. But in, once I start hear it like one too many times, like a switch just flips in my brain. And it's right. just like I, I like am repulsed by it after that. Even sometimes like songs from bands that I like, like this is the worst part about me. This is this is Steve being a horrible person. Like I have been I am I can be a music hipster sometimes. Like I will find bands that <gasps> Salty Steve that I Salty that Steve. I really like and then all of a sudden like there's <laughs> one of their songs will get picked up on the radio and I'll hear it all the time and I I can't listen to it anymore. It's a song even if it's a song that like I used to love like I I was when I was a kid I was really big into the band Blues Traveler. And before anybody really knew who they were, and then they're, uh, and then <laughs> listen to you, you hipster, and then exactly, and then their their album came out, their album four got big with the that runaround song, and I heard it all the time, and I'm like, no, please, like, no, I can't listen to this anymore, like, and I used to love it when I got the album before everybody else started listening to it, so I'm like the worst human being on the planet. I've actually, I, I've I've felt that way too, not so much like I don't I don't listen to the radio because a most of the time the music that that's playing on the radio stations that are any good are songs that I, I only want to listen to every once in a while. Uh, and I just am more happy letting myself be the DJ instead of some weird yeah. machine somewhere that has like, you know, three day old recordings of DJs. So yeah, I usually will just listen to my own music, but the, the band 21 pilots, for example, um, I was listening to them before they blew up. And the, <laughs> the, the second that like they, they, were on MTV um I think at like the VMAs or something after that then everyone started listening to them and then like I saw people talking about them and they were getting things wrong yeah. and it was like you don't even understand you don't even you know don't understand what I've them been like he this band. Them? right yeah. exactly okay. so why so why are our brains broken that we that we start to hate things that we like that we used to like because other people start to like them like what why that does that happen I think that we become a little bit oppositional. One is when things are sometimes we like something because it is only our own and then it when it becomes mainstream, we don't want to be the ones that are following the pack and so we have this backlash to it. And then the opposite can happen to stuff like Nickelback where everyone else hates them and if you don't hate them, then there's something wrong with you. <laughs> there might be something wrong with me, but I don't hate them. And so you end up with that backlash, especially when you were one of the first people that liked them. And now it's suddenly become trendy. And because it's so trendy, it's no longer cool to be the person not to do it. You don't want to be one of the people that are just following because you do. For songs, I think it's because they've been overplayed. And you hear them so often when a song becomes exceptionally popular that you're now gotten sick of that because it's just too much. Yeah. I have a low tolerance my for that, clearly. Me a ring. Oh. That was my Nickelback impression. 
Yeah. So, so Georgia, so why did you use Shazam to identify the song instead of Siri? Because Siri is the best and, <laughs> and uh, always works flawlessly and never has a problem. All hail Siri. <laughs> yes, all hail Siri. Well, one is because Siri does not work really well. <laughs> Two, I was in my car, and so it makes it easier for me to just press the button, and Shazam will just do its thing, and I don't have to speak it. I don't have to ask it, and it's just easy. And unfortunately, because Siri, I like I don't know if it's my Canadian accent, but Siri does not often really listen to me. So I'm I'm gonna go with tried and true. So I get my song before the song is done playing. Uh, you end so, up saying sorry instead of Siri, don't you? Hey, sorry. <laughs> oh, hey, wow. hey, sorry. That was oh, not me for the record. Know, you may need Canadian soon, Mike. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> this is Be true. Careful. Be careful. I've got Israel yeah. as a backup plan. You're screwed. <laughs> okay, see, I tried to go on the hunt. There is, I remember reading about this. We have a treaty from ages ago. It's an agreement with a specific country where if you are an American citizen, you can move to this like province somewhere. And I cannot for the life of me find this. Uh, it's like, a, it's like in a Wikipedia article or something like that. And it's, it's about how, you know, ages ago, whenever we were still battling for land or whatever, one of the agreements that was made in one of the treaties was like, yeah, bro, if you're ever, you know, like hanging out in our country, you're like a citizen or whatever. It's cool. And <laughs> I cannot find it for the life Wait, of me. Saskatchewan. Wait. Oh my God. Oh, what did you say about Canadians? <laughs> oh. My heart. Oh my God. <laughs> so the reason that I'm asking about Siri is because there was a demo this week of what they're calling Viv, which is from the creators of Siri who, so Siri got bought by Apple and then the founders left and then started working on what they're calling the next version of Siri, which is supposed to take the intelligent assistant to the next level. And uh, they had a demo of it this week at Tech at TechCrunch's uh, conference. And they were showing off some things like asking it more context-aware questions like what was the weather in San Francisco three Thursdays ago? And they ask to send $20 to a friend of theirs, and then it automatically knows that it needs to load up uh, Venmo uh, integration and then send that $20 over Venmo and then do it. Um, so they're trying to take – um, this intelligent assistant to the next level. And, you know, Georgia, you really wanted to talk about this because, and, and I guess where I'll start is, does this seem like it's eventually going to be something that we all interact with? Or is this just going to be another one of these two steps forward, one step back types of, of advancements down this type of artificial intelligence? Well, I think that this is this is going to be the way that artificial intelligence has to go. We need something that's going to be able to truly help us and be able to understand what we mean. And that's what Viv is going to do, is that it's going to be more conversational and truly understand. In comparison to um, Google, who's learning off of romance novels, intriguing enough, that's not even... <laughs> That's that's not even a joke. They really yeah. are. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just um, listened to Andy Anako reciting all of the last half of material in Romance Novel Speak, which was 
um, which was certainly a sight to behold. <laughs> to, to say the least. <laughs> A lot of you? ripped, a lot of ripped bodices <laughs> on that podcast. They're, you know, they're not, they're not wholesome like we are over at Material. You know, they, they have a lot of, a uh, lot of saucy stuff going on over there. But like slowly, we we have to say that this is going to become something that we may need to watch out for, because as artificial intelligence becomes uh, more intelligent, is Bree here? Who's playing music? Mm-hmm. What? I hear music and I'm like, really? that sounds yeah. like a brief thing. I don't hear, I don't, I, I'm not playing music. No, I'm not either. Sounds and like what? Game of Thrones. Well, you're a liar, Georgia Dow. I, I would never lie. So, so, anyways, as artificial intelligence becomes more and more intelligent, we're going to have to be careful because what happens if it actually becomes truly intelligent? You're killing me with this music. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> I think we broke Micah. I think he's done. Uh, I'm just kind of scared. <laughs> it was the Terminator music. Oh, yeah. That, that's why uh, I didn't know what it was. Okay, that's references. Because it's a movie. <laughs> Do you think Viv is Skynet, Georgia? Is that what you're saying? I, I think out of everything, it would be Google, really. But yeah. um, no, I think that I, this is what I want. I want AI that I, I can actually speak to. I can speak to intelligently. Yep. It can, you know, pick up. Like, already they're going to be making um, connections with Uber. And <clears throat> it's going to be something that it's no longer so sandboxed. So it's going to be able to understand, work on your calendars, work on how long it's going to take you there. It's going to be able to say, Georgia, you know you're going to be 15 minutes late. Let me call your meeting, please, for you. That's what I want. I want it to be mm-hmm. truly helpful, not, you know, call Renee Ritchie. Calling Benet? Who is Benet? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, oh, just no. calling Renee Ritchie. And they're like, you know, do you want Skype? His regular number's other. And I'm like, just the number that I last called. Like, you don't. And I'm just no. yelling at Siri. No, like, uh, yeah. My, no, my, fa- my favorite of that is... So I will call Maureen from Siri while I'm leaving. And if she doesn't pick up, then I just text her to let her know that I'm leaving work. So I start I so I would say to Siri, text Maureen leaving work. I'm sorry, I can't find Maureen leaving work in your contacts. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Like Maureen's been my wife for as long as for longer than I've had an iPhone. And you know that Maureen is my wife, just text her that I'm leaving work, please. And yeah. that's the kind of thing that gets you that that gets people to give up on it because as soon as it fails once, then the yeah. illusion is broken, right? Like like if you ask it to do something and it doesn't understand you, then you say this thing is broken and it doesn't work and forget it. And it's easier it's it's easier to just do the thing than to ask the assistant to do the thing for you when it's really not that much more work for you to just open the app and do it yourself. Right. Right. And if it keeps disappointing you too, like then you start to have a negative association to it and you just don't feel like being disappointed over and over again. And I think that like, Honestly, that's why I very, very much like Alexa. Um, and I'm sorry to those of you who have the device and I just triggered it. Um, please order <laughs> okay. seven pounds of marshmallows and have that shipped a two day delivery. Thank you. Not too long ago, uh, there's this awesome thing called the subscribers, like the secret subscriber podcast for six colors, uh, which you all should totally subscribe to. You, uh, you give uh, Jason Snell and friends 
means uh, six bucks a month, and you get some awesome perks like this great podcast uh, between him and Dan Morin. And on that podcast, I'm going to give you a little treat. Um, there was an episode where they were talking about Alexa, and like the thing about Siri is I can ask something of Siri and if Siri can't help me, then Siri is like, yeah, you know, I'm really busy right now. So, you know, just uh, look at your phone screen and here are some results for you. I'll just uh, do a Google search um, or a Bing search for God's sake. Uh, and then, you know, she can just kind of or it can just kind of uh, bow out and give up and just show you something on your phone screen. Well, Alexa does not have a phone screen screen. Alexa can't give up basically. So either what she can say is, Hey, I I'm unable to help you with that. But you know, Amazon built this thing with that in mind and said, obviously we can't just every time go, we, I can't help you with that. So less opportunities to kind of fail and more opportunities to need to understand you and actually do things. And what I love about Alexa, one of the things is I do have a uh, hue light set up around my house and I can ask her for two things or three things like turn on my lights and set them to 20%. Um, and she will do, it will do that. And whenever I ask Siri to do the same thing, then it's like, I'm sorry, Micah, but I don't know. Or I can't find a device called 20% lights downstairs in your house. And I'm like, Siri! I'm so, sorry, yeah. Siri. I'm sorry, Micah. I, you keep telling me that there are four lights, but I clearly see five. <laughs> there are four lights! <laughs> well, I think that as AI becomes more and more efficient, we are going to have some really interesting issues that we're going to have to deal with. I saw just, there's a show called Black Mirror. Oh, it has a so whole, good. It's really good. If you like so Twilight good. Zone, X-Files-ish, each episode is completely separate and it deals with some really interesting issues of humanity, technology, and the manner in which we deal with them. And one of them, so in one show, it's about death and AI, and I'll, I'll, I won't go through it, but it's just what happens when we can really recreate uh, AI that is personable. And so it's similar like her, and when you, which is a movie about someone falling in love with AI. And it's kind of interesting because already we talk, like Micah, you were talking about Alexa as like her. And mm -hmm. we do the same thing with Siri. And we were made to amphimorphosize things so vastly easily. I remember seeing an Ikea commercial about a lamp. It's, it, Renee always makes fun of me for it, but it's an Ikea commercial about a lamp and these people throw out the lamp because they no longer like it. And the lamp is like so sad and it's outside and it's crying. And then the guy comes back and says, silly people, that's just a lamp. Don't cry about a lamp and get this lamp. It's better. Ikea. And that commercial, it really gets me teary. I feel bad for this lamp. Well, Aww. slowly... As we get, like, you know, better at having AI that, you know, we can deal with, people will become really attuned to, we already love our phones way too much. We already care about them too much. When they get actual personalities and they care and they're like, I miss you, why didn't you buy that application that I need so badly to make me feel better? This is going to be a really messed up situation through humanity because we already deal with there's certain sets of people that find it more comfortable being on a computer than being with people. And this will give them a 
very easy outlet to not have to deal with socialization. Okay. So I guess the the problem that I have is that I, I see how the sausage works with some of this stuff. And what they showed in the video was very compelling about how they're basically building a program and they have contexts, um, you know, built and, and ultimate, but ultimately that's all going to rely on, you know, people building those things. Right. First of all, it needs to be good enough that people don't get frustrated with it. The same, and it's like the self-driving car is the same thing, right? Like you have to be, you, you can't be wrong ever with a self-driving car. Because, which is the same thing. It's also artificial intelligence in a way because you have something that's bringing in sensor data and it's re- it's reacting to that and it's always going to be different and it needs to have like algorithms and heuristics to be able to interpret that data, which is always going to be different and then be able to interpolate what it is and then react to it. And it can't afford to ever be wrong because the first time that self that a self-driving car gets into an accident, that's going to be the end of self-driving cars, right? Because we already – almost don't we over we already barely trust the technology and i feel like that like this is going to have a number of stumbles before we get there i don't know that we would get to the kind of scenario where you're talking about i mean maybe we get there in our lifetimes oh steve man lifetimes i figure we're gonna get there within like eh. i don't know eight to ten years have you already seen some of the the um japanese robots that are like that, that that can mimic your facial movements. Oh, yeah. they're terrifying. They're scary. They really look really real. They look really real. I used to talk to my little Furby that barely did anything. Oh, and I, oh, felt I love bad. my Furby. Yeah. Furbies are the I devil. I Tamagotchi I tried to keep alive better than, than most plants in my house. So yeah. I don't know. I, I think that it's going to be much faster than that. But it's a matter of being able to get it to perform that way all the time as opposed to in a controlled demo. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that's that's yeah. really the problem that I have with it. Like the 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 demo that um that they showed of Viv worked flawlessly, but they're also only showing a couple of scenarios that they know would work. And, and specific integrations. And we thought that Siri was going to be I mean, we knew that it had limitations, but we thought that Siri was going to be what we're looking at Viv to do. And w- what we found out is that when you get into practice, you start throwing arbitrary input at it. It It's not. And it has a lot of limitations and it's limited by the people who are programming it. And I think that anything like this is going to run up against that. I know that Google says that they have algorithms that they don't even know what they're doing anymore. And that's probably true. Um, <sighs> but which is also kind of scary. But I, I don't think that a lot of projects like this are there yet. I mean, Google's been running their search for like 15 years or 20 years to get to that point. I, I don't know. It's going to take, it takes a long time before you can get those algorithms to, there, I think. Speaking of, of that, uh, you know, the r- live demo, but being, you know, kind of uh, the very specific things that they know will work. I, f- I'm like hugely skeptical now of these types yeah. of things. And the, I don't know if you watched the whole video, but for the listeners out there who might not have watched the, the Viv video, um, they're basically running through on stage, some different uh, cool things that the, the app can do or the, the, you know, assistant can do. And at one point 
the guy gets like three calls. Uh, it's a number that's not in his contacts because there's no name to go with the number. It's just a number. And like three times the number calls and kind of like messes up the demo. And the skeptical part of me was like, they planned that. They want to try to make it look as real and as yeah. live as possible so that everyone is like, you know, this is just off the cuff stuff. And I don't know if that's true, but I don't know. Because I'm so jaded by these virtual assistants, I'm like, hey, uh, they are probably faking me out here. So, yeah. and, and, I, and I'm not implying that they're like that what they're showing doesn't actually work in real life. Right. Like, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that. Aren't and this you? Is, well, no, I'm not. I'm saying that that particular demo works really well. And this is something that I've, you know, I mean, I again, I work in corporate IT. We get a lot of vendor demos. And one thing that we see in the sales calls is that they will show use cases that they know will work and will know will work perfectly. And sometimes when you – the reality of when you actually get your hands on the product yourself is that it doesn't work quite as flawlessly and it needs a lot more care and feeding or it it works that way for that particular use case. But when you try to do something else, it it doesn't quite work the way that it was or it takes a lot more work to get it to do what they were able to show you so effortless, effortlessly in the sales call because that was all set up to work and tested ahead of time. So well, I'm, you know what I mean? Like that's – I'm not I, saying that they're that what they're I, showing I doesn't, totally, doesn't work. I totally hear what you're saying and I agree um, that yes, it's certain use case scenarios. This is definitely not a perfect system. But think yeah. back. Nine years ago, we got the first iPhone. Right. Nine years ago. Now, we have DARPA Robotics, Boston Dynamics's big dog, wild cat, scary spider thing, <laughs> drones, and virtual reality systems. Drones at the wazoo. So, in what, what do you think in nine more years, if technology truly does double, where do you think that we're going to be in the next nine years? Right? Like Skynet. Underground, hiding from the robot overlords. And holodecks. That's my thought on this. So my counterpoint to that is that I think that technology in general is advancing at a very quick rate, but any individual technology is like a crapshoot. Yeah, but look at the robotics, though. Robotics is, like, scary good. Like, if you've not seen people kicking the wildcat, like, I'm all I'm thinking of when I see, like, Wildcat is, like, what in the world am I going to do to defeat these robots? And I'm right. like, okay, Wildcat, I'm going to do, like, we attack the, the AT-AT. I'm going to shoot a grappling hook and then run <laughs> really fast around it. Right. Okay, so you're super serious about this. Oh, no, 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 no. Are you kidding? I'm not... I'm not the only one that sees big men and doesn't think, what am I going to do? I'm like lots of stairs, I'm like a carpet that I can pull out from underneath it. Am I the only one that's thinking about how do we battle these guys? You're probably not yeah. the only one, but I'm certainly not one of those people. No? I never thought like, okay, so whenever this happens, how am I going to take this thing out? Okay, Which is awesome that you're thinking about. In the coming robot apocalypse then. You Crap. To I'm going to start on working this. on it. You have to get on this because they're scary. They have have you seen the drone robots that are like 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 bees? Or the spider one that crawls up walls? <laughs> it's like... Pop quiz time. Oh. Okay, Georgia. <laughs> okay, Georgia, ready? I love the pop uh, quiz song. Oh god. There there is a drone. And oh. it's flying at you, okay? Yeah. And on this drone, this I've actually seen this drone before. Okay. There's a doggone chainsaw 
<laughs> I've seen this drone too. How do you protect yourself from the drone chainsaw? You have to go really low and go into like um like somewhere like really really low like underneath a car or a semi because the drone has the chainsaw and it's hanging from it mm. and it won't be able to catch you and or go that low the chainsaw will no longer be activated. Oh my god. I can only imagine what goes through your head when you're if you're Have you ever watched BattleBots, Georgia? Oh yeah. Oh, oh my yeah, god. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've thought about my super battle bot. What are you kidding? Yeah. Oh my god. Like there was oh, yeah, uh, they yeah. had they had the premiere of the new season on last night and there was one of the battle bots had a drone that had a drill at the t- at the bottom of it so it yeah. could drill it could land on the other robots and drill what? into it. Yeah. Yeah, but that's those, some insidious the, stuff. The robots that always win those ones are the ones that go underneath and flip them. Well, no, now it's the ones that have like something that like spins really really fast. Those ones were always defeated by the flippers. Well, the the new season now with the new technology that's that I'm in the current season. The yeah, season. You, there, there was a whole season last season. I w- I watched this with rapt attention, <laughs> and they're generally the ones that work is that they have like some sort of like a rotor with like a like a blade or hammers or something like that, and it spins at like two hundred miles an hour, and it just like chops pieces off of the other robots before Ooh. they can get anywhere near it. Super spinner. Yeah. Pop quiz. Pop quiz. <laughs> Steve. There is a robot coming at you, and it's got a super fast spinny rotor thing, and it's it's about to attack. Ooh. What do you do to protect yourself from the rotor robot? Um, I go I go tackle the guy who's got the remote controls. No, this is the future <laughs> where it it's controlled by itself. It's got AI. But it's got. L- let's Alexa be honest, Micah. That in. I'm already going to be dead, so it's not really going to matter. <laughs> I I know how I would defeat uh, Micah. In a, a robot competition. Uh, wait, is it my robot versus your robot, or is it like it. I'm wearing yes. robot mech? My robot versus your robot. Okay, how do you think you're going to beat me, Dow? <laughs> my robot would be a huge foot. Ah! And you wouldn't be able to look, so... I'd Have win. you ever heard of the Geneva Convention? <laughs> you know how there are laws, there are rules in war? Yeah. Yeah, well, there are rules in war. <laughs> reminding you and playing on people's phobias is not allowed i think it's very loud it's true it's true it's It's, uh it's a good technique it's only good but george you're not like you're you're not afraid of anything how am i supposed to foot robot oh wait you're afraid of rodents coming at you running at you i have i ever said the story no tell the story (laughs) i can't tell the story i can't tell yes you have to Oh, I can't tell the story. I'm I'm really not scared of any animal. I've swam with sharks, um, I like raptors. Like I'm all good with like I've held swam with sharks, like, ran with dinosaurs, tiger, baby, like baby, like yeah, little tigers and stuff. Like yeah, I'm all good with all of those animals. So um, I, have I already told this story? I might have already told this story. I've never heard this story. Steve, have I already told this this story? Um, I, start telling it, and I'll tell you if you told the story. Okay, okay, cut the story if not, or if it's don't too tell, much. Don't tell. Okay, maybe. I, okay, so here I am. I'm going to the washroom, and the door is open, and my boyfriend is, and I, like, we're talking. That's why the doors are open. No one else is in the house, and he's going to the washroom somewhere else. Anyways, so we're talking to each other. And oh, so when you say washroom, you don't mean like where you do laundry. You mean like no. the restroom where, where there's a toilet. Where there's a toilet, and I'm on the toilet. Okay, and gotcha. so here I am. I'm on the toilet, and I look. And we're talking to each other, and I see a large rat. And it's climbed up the stairs, and there's this long hallway 
after the stairs where I am at the toilet. And so now I see the rat and it looks at me and I look at the rat and I'm just like, hmm. <laughs> and the rat, I don't know if we get, we might have to cut the story. Oh, oh my God. And then the rat looks at me and then it gets this like glint in its eye. And I'm like, <laughs> no, no. I'm like, I'm like, huh? And then it starts charging. You know when, like, an animal charges and it runs so fast that, like, the front paws go behind the back paws? Yes. And now it's I start galloping to panic at you. because I'm on the toilet. Like, there's nowhere that I, I can't get off the toilet. I can't run. So I start screaming, and I'm, like, grabbing toilet paper. I don't know what I'm going to do. Anyways. <laughs> and so and I start screaming, and the rat is charging at me now. Oh, and now God. I'm like... And then I'm grabbing toilet paper and I'm like, oh no. And then my 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 boyfriend, a husband, but then boyfriend was like, what? What's wrong? And I'm like, I, I can't form words. I'm starting to panic because I'm trapped. And it charges directly at me. What? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what was up with this rap, but it meant like. It's going it to marked you. Yeah, something. And at the last second before it gets to the door, it makes a hard left and goes no. into a bedroom. I swear oh to God, God, I have no clue what was up. But oh, I it, it had, was it was, oh, yeah. it's a jerk rat. Oh my god. <laughs> it was horrible. It was horrible. Oh my god. I was panic-stricken. I was oh. panic-stricken after that scenario. For a really long time. So that's why I now am like, I'm fine with like small rodents. I've had hamsters. I'm all good with pet rats. I'm all fine. But a while you are trapped and can't get up uh, rat, it's it's no longer. And that's why. That's pretty terrible. That's a yeah. <laughs> that, that yes uh i'm like seeing this scene in my head where that music that that plays in like country westerns <laughs> george is on one side just like scared oh to death and this rat like pulls out a cowboy hat and like adjusts it oh and it starts charging at you totally won. that rat yeah. totally won like, like pulling yeah. out its six shooter it's little tiny right. six shooter when that it started shoots charging at me, the first look was like, what? Like, huh? Like, huh? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Rat one, uh, Georgia zero. Yeah, it, uh, it totally won. Anyway, wow, we, should probably, we should probably go on to questions now that Let's we've kind of, we've completely derailed. But I will, I'm putting in the robot and I'll put in the show notes for your later consideration. The, uh, the finals from last year's BattleBots uh, championship. Tombstone versus yeah. Bike Force. Yeah. Love it. So it's a spinner. It was like, I don't, he's not really flipping anything. He's more like grabbing and with these pincers and then running it into the hazards in the, in the arena. But Ooh. it is, I, I watched this whole thing like last year, like with rapt attention. Like this was not have you, like, have you ever seen the Japanese sumo wrestling robots? No, no. I, I think I need to, oh but like, my goodness, that's, we have to put these in the show notes. Yeah. But if you haven't watched BattleBots and you have any interest in ro- in giant robots fighting each other, like this is it's I mean, it's basically there's like 10 minutes of action for a 60 minute show. And a lot of it is just like them trying to build up these three minute matches. But the three minute matches are like just robot pieces flying around the room and like fire and like pieces of shrapnel flying around and it's, it's ridiculous. It's awesome. 
we are we are not support we are not sponsored by BattleBots, but we should be. <laughs> not yet. Not yeah. yet. Okay. It's on so, the plan. So we have we have a couple of tweets and and again you can as always you can get your questions answered on the show by either calling our voicemail line at 508-418-3532 or uh tweeting at us with the hashtag disrupt me and we will get your questions answered on the show. And serious or not so serious, but we like the serious ones too. And and so we'll start with a serious disrupt. one. Which is from um, at Uberlucky, who says, have spoiler alerts become more respected and feared by people than safety warnings? Really quick, could that possibly be Uberlucky? It could be Uberlucky, but it's got two Bs, and I obey the laws of phonics. Okay, cool. Just wanted to make <laughs> In sure. In this house, not we obey really the matters. laws of phonics, Micah Sargent. Very well, Stev. <laughs> So have spoiler alerts become more respected and feared by people than safety warnings? So, uh, you know, and, and I guess this is relevant to our earlier discussion about Game of Thrones, right? About because the one thing about that you learn about Game of Thrones, even if you don't watch Game of Thrones, is woe betide you if you spoil Game of Thrones. Down to the the professor who threatened his class that wasn't paying attention with uh, writing the names of all the characters who were going to have died in the books when the, when the shows hadn't caught up. Um, right. But and I think we've we kind of touched on spoilers before, but it, it does seem, uh, you know, I on the one hand, like I'm one of those people who can't really enjoy something if there, if I know what's going to have happened, which was a problem when it took a few weeks for us to see the new Star Wars movie to find an autism friendly screening so we could take the kids. And then eventually we just gave up on that because everybody got stomach flu during the hmm. one autistic friendly showing that we could go to. Um, but so, you know, and I was very sensitive to that cause I didn't want to know anything. I didn't even watch, I didn't watch any trailers after the first one even to, cause I didn't want to know what was going to happen. And, and people were actually even like weaponizing star Wars trailers like the week before that the movie came out in any event. So, but you know, have we gone like to the extreme with spoilers or is it just a matter of like respect for people who hadn't caught up yet? I, I think I'm respectful to both of them. If it's a show that I'm watching, I do – I am careful like the plague. It is true. Like I won't – if I, like I'm careful of CNN because they always say, you know, blah, 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 like someone died or like to a show that I want. And they'll just put the person's name in there. They don't even care if I'm surfing Reddit. And I try to watch shows that I really care about such as Game of Thrones immediately because you never know. It could be in a video that you don't know. And so I think that – like, I don't want to say that I'm more careful about spoilers to shows that I want than safety warnings because I'm pretty safe with safety warnings as well. But I yeah. don't have the f- same feeling of anxiety with the safety warning. And I feel a lot of anxiety of surfing the web. Like, sometimes I won't mm-hmm. surf the web at all before I've watched a show that I really care about. Because there's nothing worse than going into a movie and already knowing what happens. Yeah. You just, you just don't have the same investment there. What's interesting, though, is like the, there are some people who love being spoiled really? uh, on the other no. end. Yeah. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. I actually oh. I have I have a friend who, who she she loves to have things spoiled. And I, I don't oh. I don't understand that. And I, I just yeah, because I'd rather 
not know anything at all when I go in. Now, that said, I think that I'm a little less bothered by spoilers. Like, I can I can have had something spoiled for me, and I will still get... You know, I, I don't immediately shut down and go, okay, I can never watch this because it was spoiled for me. <laughs> right. yeah. Um, I, yeah, whereas, there, I mean, there are some people who will just, you know, light the world on fire because something was spoiled for them. So it, it doesn't affect me as much. But, I, you know, it's an interesting question. And I do think that the, you know, like the, the internet culture does, at least in, in our little, you know, corner of the internet averse, the inter, our little corner of the internets. Yeah. I think that there is a lot more care and attention and, um, you know, feels tied to spoilers and spoiler warnings than even some like trigger warnings and things like that. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I think people are more likely to be like, Hey, there's a spoiler in this post than they are to be like, Hey, you know, if, if you've ever dealt with, you know, this serious thing that affected your psyche, then you might not want to read this article because it could trigger blank. I I don't think we think about that as easily or as like readily, or it's not in the front of our mind in the same way that, oh, I don't want to spoil this for anyone else. So I need to tell people right away that this has spoilers in it. And, And I think part of that too, really quickly is that we are more apt to like ironically use the term spoiler alert. And so it's kind of like, built into our culture anyway. Um, but I, I don't know how much that plays a factor. Yeah. Well, I think it's also that it's more likely that somebody knows what it feels like to have something spoiled and have that ruin something for them than it is to be triggered by something. Right. You know what I mean? So there's, I think there's a mm, lot of people who mm-hmm. don't understand what triggering actually is. And they it's like anything else with, you know, with mental health, really, where if you haven't experienced it, it's very easy for someone mm-hmm. who's who doesn't have the empathy there to just dismiss it. And so, yeah. you know, it's in terms of like, well, this is a trigger warning for, you know, whatever it happens to be, because you could, you know, end up that's called a trigger warning because you could trigger a flashback, right? With PTSD, that's, that's what it's referring to. Mm-hmm. typically um and you know you can correct me if i'm wrong georgia because obviously i'm not the mental health professional of the three of us but you know it's it's easy for somebody who's never had that happen to believe that that's just like oh okay well whatever and you're just you're just overreacting as opposed to a, really a spoiler where most people have had that happen at least once Right. And then they know how they relatable. Yeah. And they know how that what that feeling is like and they don't want that to happen to somebody else or somebody or themselves. So they they, you know, take that more seriously. I I think I think that's a great point, Steve. I think that many people don't understand. They can't empathize with something that they haven't already experienced, you know, for people. And I think that that's very common for fears and phobias also. So if you have someone with a fear or phobia that you really cannot empathize with. And someone says it because and also people throw around these words without thought or cause and, yeah. and it mm-hmm. kind of reduces its meaning. So people will yeah. throw around, you know, oh, I'm being so OCD or, yep. you yeah. know, wow, you know, it's OK. I'm just a little bit autistic. And yeah. they don't understand that people actually deal with this. And so when other people speak of it, then we lose it loses its value in understanding to that because 
that's not what either of those things are often. Yeah. Um, of course, people with an actual OCD could say that, but then other people are like, oh, well, my, you know, that's thrown around so much that they don't really believe it. And so I knew someone that had a fear of butterflies, a true phobia of butterflies. And someone thinking that they just said that as an offhand comment, like we bug you about, you know, feet, mm -hmm. but it's not that you're going to have a panic. I don't know <laughs> that you're going to have a panic attack <laughs> when the word is said to that. Right. Anyway, someone threw a butterfly at them, oh, unknowing no. of this, Yeah, and they did. They had a full-blown panic attack to that because it wasn't just used as that, right? Yeah. And so right. I think that it's true. It's hard to empathize until you've had something severe. And then if one person has, say, a fear or um, you know, a social anxiety to public speaking and someone else has a health anxiety – it's interesting because even that case scenario, when I do groups of people together, one person would say to the other, well, I wish I had your anxiety, my anxiety is so much worse because they don't understand that that's the same part of the brain reacting to it. No matter what is the trigger, it's the same yeah. mm -hmm. feeling to that yeah. and just as intense, but it's just different. But everyone would be like, oh, well, I wish I had yours. Mine is, you know, so much more yeah. difficult and, and so much harder. And so it's difficult even to empathize when you have something similar because they'll be different. Yeah, I mean, Steve, I, I don't know how how uh, severe your like how truly severe your phobia or your fear, at least of of dogs, is. But actually, Charles kind of uh, pointed out something that I hadn't really considered before because I had like jokingly said on Twitter that he should call in and try to convince you to get a dog, and he called me out, but like in a very good way, in saying, "Hey, you know, no one makes you." Uh, look at photos of feet. So, yeah. I, you know, we shouldn't do that to Steve either. And it was like, holy cow, because I absolutely cannot empathize at all whatsoever. You know, I, you know, I, I will, I try my best, but at yeah. the same time, like I am such a dog lover and an animal lover that it's very, very, very difficult for me to empathize. And, uh, I mean, Georgia, you, you are a little bit more skilled at that because of, of your profession, but without a true fear of animals other than scary, uh, cowboy rats um <laughs> i'm sure it's hard for you to to empathize to a certain extent um and so yeah i mean that yeah that was yeah. The, the salient point absolutely good yeah. point point. and obviously it's not rational right because if it was rational then I, I wouldn't do it i wouldn't have a problem well it's 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 a part of your brain it's the part of your brain that is your primal system your primal protection system and so it's kind of an off and on switch and it either acts like a three-year-old truly it's about that intelligence level or it's like your parents saying i shouldn't do this so it also has all of your negative thoughts that are linked to it and so it's yeah. a um it will override your working memory when you are scared or nervous enough and it's it's hard to understand. And because, uh, you know, even for myself, when someone says something, I always have to ask, well, you know, is that actually a fear phobia? Or are you just saying you don't like them because we use them interchangeably? And I think that that's part of just yeah. word culture, that we use words, which is nice in some ways in that people have not made like, like we often talk about how you shouldn't use words in mental health and use them so effortlessly because they lose their potency. But I think it's also there's a good thing in that we're now making anxiety and dealing with stress and having depression something that we can speak of it's no longer like a shh don't say that yeah people mm -hmm. will think poorly of you people are now able to speak with the language and it's normalized in a certain extent so there's a negative to that but i think that there's also a positive to it yeah yeah 
And I guess I'll say about my my fear of dogs. I think I've said this before, but it's like it's better than it used to be. But it's mostly like when they're moving around quickly, and I don't know. I can't keep an eye on where they are. That that like I've had I've had dogs in my house. Like my you know one of my best friends from college just got married about a year ago, and and um you know his wife came, brought a dog with her into the family. And that dog, you know, has been in our house and is – but that dog also is not interested in me and moves around really slowly. But there are some times that I would be eating and the dog would be like walking underneath the table and would brush up against me and it would almost send me into the ceiling because it's oh, just wow, like yeah. that, you know, like that feeling of there's something next to me that I can't see where it is and I don't know. Mm-hmm. I can't keep track of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if yeah. the dog is just in the room with me, I'm okay. It's when the dog's like, you know, running around or barking or like brushing up against me that it started to trigger that. All, but, almost all yeah. fears and phobias are linked to a lack of control in yeah. a situation, something that is unforeseen. Um, yeah. And and so Maybe that would make a lot of sense to it. But yeah. even I, for, you know, if you've been through a bad experience, it makes sense that your brain would say, well, don't do that again. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, it just makes sense. Yeah. It's logical. Yeah. It's not – like, as you said, that it, it wasn't really rational. Well, actually, most of them are rational. We may not understand them, but that's pretty straightforward. That makes sense that you'd be like, well, that's – you know, don't do it again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was bad. Dog caused hurt. Don't, no yeah. dog. Don't, yeah. Don't do dog. Don't <laughs> stay away. Right? There's a simple, like, A plus B If you were bitten C. by a rattlesnake, then yeah. don't do that again. And if it was in a marshland, don't go back to marshland. And if you yeah. were – you know, attacked or mugged you in, in a certain area, you wouldn't want to go back to that certain area. That that makes sense to that. We don't always know what the cause to a fear of phobia are, and there there are some that would be more, um, you know, uh, unusual than others because we don't know where they came from, and there's there's less often that it happens. But there's a reason for it. We just may not understand what that reason is. Yep. And that's even for things such as uh, repetitive movements or. Um, having to put things in certain places. There's a reason for all of that. All right. So we have one more tweet that's directed at me. So I guess I'll answer it because they're asking me the question. But so Slinger is it, Tail, you? Slinger Tail is calling me out for dodging a question on last week's show. <laughs> and he said, so Salty Steve, what is something that makes you really, really angry? Wait, 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 wait. We have to do this in the right way. It has to be. Okay. Salty Steve. <laughs> <laughs> You I don't know how question. I feel about you doing your Janeway voice for this, though. Like, <laughs> no, that would be more fire phases. Salty Steve, <laughs> why'd you dodge the question about what uh, makes you really, really angry? Okay. Fire phases. So what, what makes me really, really angry is when people accuse me of dodging questions. No, I. <laughs> uh, um. So, uh, the one one thing that makes me really, really angry is feeling set up to fail, Ooh. I guess I'll say. If you're a new listener, I got diagnosed with ADD about a year uh, year and a half ago. And so that kind of made me reevaluate everything that I do and, and why I react to certain things the way that I do. And one of the things that I learned from that is that I um, have had really big problems with self-esteem because I would – be able to do something one day and then not be able to do it the next and not understand why. And now I know why is because I had ADD and because it was basically a focus issue. But when you don't know that that's the case, it can make you feel like you're just failing randomly and you don't understand it. Mm -hmm. So I would get very angry with myself for when those things happened. 
And so what would happen is if I knew that the reason I was failing was externally imposed by somebody putting me in that situation, that anger would kind of go from inward to outward and would mm-hmm. go towards that person who is who I felt was putting me in the situation where I didn't have an opportunity to succeed. And then I would get very angry, the same anger that I would normally feel at myself for failing at something that I felt like I should be able to do would go like twice as hard towards that person who was putting me in the situation or that situation that was set up to make me feel like I was um, like I didn't have a chance to be successful in the first place. Because in inadvertently, that person had created a situation that would hurt you. Yeah. Without even realizing it, probably. Right, because yeah. they might not know. Like fear of failure, it's one of my strongest fears. But yeah. um, fear of failure is a really innate uh, feeling. It's It feels so horrible, especially uh, like for me with my dyslexia, I fully can understand yeah. You know that feeling of not being able to do something and thinking that there must be something wrong with me because of that. And so I think I, I fully understand that feeling of when people set you up in your mind. Again, this doesn't yeah. mean that they actually intentionally did this or even have a knowledge that that feels that way, right. that they've caused this to you. And often we we imbue causality to a feeling. So I feel the sense of failure. That really hurts. Then you made me fail. You hurt me. Yeah, exactly. So it goes that way. So yeah. So yeah, that that's one thing that more than anything else, and, and that comes up from time to time, especially you know at there we have some interactions with some you know user groups, and I've had over the course of my career where I've felt like they haven't really you know given me uh, maybe they they haven't given me a chance to fix a problem before they started escalating it, for example, mm-hmm. and so like that that kind of thing you know, just like manifests as like a lack of respect. And it makes me feel like I'm being set up to fail because you're not even letting me have a chance to fix it before you're already, you know, raising the alarm bells. You know what I mean? That kind of, th- that kind of thing. I wonder Which, if, yeah. if it's also linked and you can cut this out if this is too yeah. Yeah. <laughs> personal, but yeah. um, I wonder if that's also linked to being bullied because that yeah. the lack of respect part often also yeah. goes when people have been bullied in childhood that then someone else you know, not treating them with care and that respect yeah. would would also then cause that same feeling to happen again. But now I'm yeah. going to stand up for myself because before last time I didn't and I didn't like that. And so now I'm going to. And then we, you know, uh, preempt that, like we, we personify that person to whom had hurt us before. Yeah. Yeah, that Which could I'm very well sorry. be too. So, yeah. no, that's possible. I mean, you know, Lord knows we're, you know, pretty much every nerd has a being bullied story. So it's not like it's yeah. a, you know, <laughs> it's not like it's a, it would be like a big revelation if I came out and said that that was the case. Right. I was so, bullied too. I was yeah. bullied quite severely as well. So. Yeah. Uh, but on that happy note, anyway, so. Um, <laughs> Let's end it on being bullied. We can yeah. just cut that part out. We're yeah, running yeah, really yeah, long. We'll see. I don't know. But anyway, hey, we got to get serious sometimes. Yeah. It's all right. Sometimes. Yeah. So, um, so we should, well, we don't have Brie to, uh, to accost our listeners into, into rating Go! the show this week. Go ahead. Go, Go ahead, do it. rate the show. What are you still doing here? I just, I just don't understand. What in the world are you still doing here? Go rate the show or I'm going to throw a fit. And you don't want to see me throw a fit. I do. You won't like me when I'm throwing a fit. I do. I want to see that. Go rate the show. 
Um, so we also my headphones have fallen out and I can't hear anything that any of you are saying. <laughs> okay, I'm back. Okay, so we well, so now that we've accosted those of you who have not rated the show, we'll reward some of you who have, um, and and read a couple of the new reviews that have gone in. One of them gave us four stars, but with a but with a viable justification. Um, this is Kurt H L three three T or Kurt H Leet, I suppose. If I'm going to be um, hacker speak, <laughs> if I'm going to be hacker speak, listen to me. I'm like 77 yep. years old. Um, <laughs> if I'm going to be hacker speak, I'm going to say Leet. In my day, we were hacker speak, and we our cars got two rods to the hogshead. This is um, disruption <laughs> number nine hundred and seventy-eight. <laughs> uh, okay, hey, my dentures back in Georgia. now. So, okay. um, so this this one is titled "Not a Member of the Church of Brianatology." I'd have rated this amazing <laughs> podcast five stars, but I don't take orders from you, Brianna Wu. You don't <gasps> owe me. I can do whatever Ooh. I want within reason and recognizing that there will be consequences to my actions. Whoa. That's someone that's just testing grief. It's a good thing she's not here this week. You, this is yeah, you're lucky. You better yes, hope it, she doesn't. She might. I hope you don't live in Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we also have one from uh, Bryant Lakes Blue who says, "If you are needing to test your home stereo, look no further. The intro and outro music put the THX sound to shame." So, which Ooh. they are. They, they are pretty epic. So. <laughs> Um, and you you can go and add your your five star review to that. Um, you can find all of the links to do all those things at our show notes at relay.fm slash disruption. As a reminder, you can get your questions answered at the end of the show by calling into 508-418-3532, or you can tweet with the hashtag disrupt me. Either one will get those to our attention. And we fewer people call and write in than you would think. So you have a pretty good shot of getting on the show if you do write or call in. Um, and you can make sure to write the show so that Micah doesn't have to yell at you on Bree's behalf. And yeah. uh, we are also part of the Relay FM network where you can see um, those no good, uh, those no good, no good nicks from material uh, talking about romance novels instead of Android and a whole bunch of other <laughs> uh, other podcasts. And uh, you can follow all of us on Twitter. Uh, the show's account is underscore disruption FM. I am at Wicked Good. Brie, when she's not exploring the wilds of Canada, can be found at Space Cat Gal. And Georgia, where can people find you? It's at Georgia underscore Dow, and if you're dealing with anxiety, sleep issues, or parenting, you can check us out at anxiety-videos.com. <laughs> anxiety underscore videos.com. Got it. <laughs> no! No! Anxiety panda emoji videos.com. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Anxiety pipe character videos.com. Uh, and Michael, where can, people fi- where can people find you and your punctuation? Getting confused about where I can find Georgia online at Micah Sargent on Twitter. Uh, my name is <laughs> at iMore sometimes too. Uh, I still haven't figured out like what the actual URL is for like my author page or whatever, but you can find my, my works over at the iMores. Uh, but more importantly, you can find me accidentally yanking my headphones out of the socket because I'm asking you, nay, Telling you, nay, demanding that not only you go write the show, but you also send us your questions, your thoughts, your concerns, your your musings, your poems. Someone write us a poem. I, I want to hear a poem from one I of our listeners. 
Would that not be great? That would be great. If we get a poem, you need to read it, Micah. That's that's the that's the if deal. If there's a poem, I can guarantee you will get a dramatic reading from me. I'm trained in the classical arts of absolutely nothing, uh, and I will happily read your poem dramatically. And uh, short stories, prose, uh, fanfic that doesn't involve any of if us. If there's a short story, uh, etc. Micah should have to sing it. That's my thought on it. I think we need to up okay. the game. There you go. If there's a short story. I think that there has to be, we have to break out into song. Okay. So short story guarantees some terrible singing and poem guarantees some awesome dramatic readings. So I am challenging you listeners, please send us your, send us your poems or your stories and go write the show. All right. The this, this show's over. Go find something else to listen to. We're done. Get out of here. Go. Bye. 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 Uh, Oh, gosh. There's a cowboy rat coming toward me. No!